Welcome back to Empathy Always Wins. If you haven't checked out our Instagram yet, we're at Empathetic Leaders. That is at Empathetic Leaders. We've also launched our new website, which is www.empathyalwayswins.com as the world's exclusive youth leadership blog on empathy and wellness. Now, without further ado, today we have a very, very special guest. Swish Goswami, 22, is the CEO of TrueFan, a social intelligence platform that helps over 80 of the world's biggest brands and celebrities sell directly to their top fans. His company has raised over $1 million to date from several NBA players and venture firms. His clients include Nike, Western Union, Interscope Records, and many more. TrueFan has recently acquired the world's leading audience segmentation platform, SocialRank. Swish has given three TEDx talks, secured a publishing deal with Kogan Page, and a sneaker deal with K-Swiss. He's also an advisor slash investor in popular social companies like Dunk Media that has a follower network of 11 million users focused on basketball, and FaceClan, which is the most popular esports organization in the world. He has a personal following of over 100,000 people and enjoys speaking around the world under North America's prestigious speaking bureau, Speaker Spotlight. For his entrepreneurial and philanthropic achievements, Swish was inducted into Plan Canada's Top 20 Under 20, recognized as Startup Canada's Young Entrepreneur of the Year and awarded the United Nations Outstanding Youth Leadership Award. Without further ado, I'd love to welcome Swish Goswami who also sits on Forbes Technology Council, to the show. This episode is brought to you by Empowering Media. Empowering Media is a Canadian boutique social media agency delivering results to purpose-driven changemakers and social enterprises in our global community. Hashtag create to empower to join the movement. Swish, I want to say thank you so much for stepping up here. It's uh, It's been incredible. Um, for the past two days, I've actually been... I've actually just been looking at what you've been doing. It's it's incredible. I'm not going to talk much. I'm just going to leave you to introduce yourself to the audience because you are one pretty incredible guy. Go for I it. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm very excited to just talk about my experiences building out TrueFan. Um, I've been working on it with my co-founder now for the last two years, and we've been up to some pretty exciting things around influencer marketing, how brands can engage with their end consumer. Um, and really, really making some cool observations around paid advertising and how inefficient that actually is. Mm. Before we dive into TrueFan, I want to I want to know a little bit more about what what makes Swish Goswami Swish Goswami. Like, when yeah. did you know that this is what you were meant to do? I am an entrepreneur. I see you as a social entrepreneur personally, and as much of a, a serial entrepreneur. But mm-hmm. what, what, how did you find that out? Because I think that, you know, looking at what you've done at, at, at a very early age, um, is there something that, 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 that really stood out to you that, yes, it, it was the, the deal breaker for, for you? I think it's, you know, the whole idea of being an entrepreneur and calling yourself one is so overused nowadays that I never really assigned a label to myself until I built something. Hmm. So until I actually tangibly went out there, built out a product or built out a service, started selling it, started making money, I didn't call myself an entrepreneur. I never thought of it as even a career that was viable enough to go full time into. 
Um, but I definitely think the number one trait that makes Swish Swish is persistence. Um, I think that's something I've exemplified pretty much in every aspect of my life ever since I was a young debater in grade seven to playing basketball in high school to wanting to go to law school and university to moving to New York, which is totally a different territory for me. I'd never lived in a city like that alone. Um, wow. Then raising money for TrueFan and starting the idea, every aspect of my life has been defined by persistence. Wow. I know you did mention basketball. Um, you, <laughs> you did. You are the co-founder of Dunk, am I right? Yeah, so I had the opportunity to be roommates in New York with Elliot Robinson, who had started Dunk about <laughs> I think now 2013. That'd be seven years ago. It's crazy how time flies. But he started the account. He grew it to about 2.2 million followers. And after I became roommates with him, he was interested in working with me on the business end. So how do we raise money for the project? How do we get more brand deals? How do we set up a team of community managers that can manage all the 21 properties that are within the Dunk umbrella? So that was kind of my job. I did that for about six, seven months before starting TrueFan and then going full-time into TrueFan. Mm. That's incredible. Uh, what did you learn from that experience? Like, Is there something that um, you learned from living, living, living with him in New York alone? Because I think... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I learned everything, honestly. I mean, beyond just having an incredible friend group and a lot of those people I met through Elliot, whether it's you know, Buster or Chris Hall or Daniel Got Hitched or Mark Sablo, all these people who are very, very, very crucial to my life now, I met through Elliot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think secondly, I learned a lot about social media, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I obviously played around with social media before in first and second year of university. I remember starting a Musical.ly account, which is now TikTok. And I remember playing around with that. I remember putting out Instagram posts. I remember putting out Snapchat stuff. But like, I didn't really think about it as a business until I was working with Elliot and looking at you know, the behind the scenes of running a big page and how much money you can make off that and the inefficiencies that brands have when they're working with influencers and trying to get their message out through them. That was something I only learned when I was working at Dunk. Mm. Um, you did mention, I look, you and I are both, uh, I mean, one interesting fact about me, I started the first mental health magazine from social media. I spoke at the World nice. Organization and doing all, doing all the mental health advocacy sort of leadership um, speaking. And, and I'd probably say it, that it's social change making, social leadership, um, just because I, I do believe that in our day and age, um, we still live under so many societal stigmas, right? We mm-hmm. live under we live under a lot of constraints. And what I find fascinating about your story is you managed to um, completely eradicate all those constraints. I mean, I've heard you say on, uh, I think you were with Gary when you said it, like right now we are experiencing, uh, I believe you said a social, you didn't say a social revolution per se, but you said we have so many young people doing amazing things. And that is mm-hmm. because the, the access that we have is incredible. I, I just want to, I want you to elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, the barrier to entry to create a business now more than ever is reduced. Right? Think about it, 30, 40 years ago, if you wanted to start a software company, not only did you have to basically be a genius in the world of computer programming because so much of the existing infrastructure had not already been built out, but B, you probably also have to be rich. You have to be able to afford these sorts of systems that are so cheap now for us to use. So I think the barrier to entry to create a tech company, to create a nonprofit, to create a magazine, to be able to create a social media company has gone down to the point where I feel like anyone can 
truly come out with an idea and test it, at least test it. Maybe the idea wouldn't blow up and become a big thing, but just the mere fact of being able to put a little bit of money behind the idea and test it, that's something I think everybody now has the luxury of being able to do. Yeah. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit and dive into your career as uh, as an entrepreneur. Um, mm-hmm. I know you probably wouldn't like to call yourself that from hearing from hearing how over, <laughs> overused the word is, but <laughs> I know you wear a lot of hats. You wear mm-hmm. a public speaker hat. You wear a venture capitalist hat. You're the UN. Uh, you're a UN ambassador. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're now the CEO of TrueFan. Uh, where are you today, and what? What is your mission? What is Swish Goswami's mission? Yeah, I mean, look, my mission has been to try as much as possible to make a dent in three spaces. One is business, the second is entertainment, and the third is politics. Um, I haven't touched entertainment and politics yet. That's something more for the next 15, 20 years of my life. Um, but business right now, I'm trying to be able to make a dent in a particular niche, which is influencer marketing. Um, I believe very much in the space. I believe it's only going to grow. Um, and so my mission really is trying to be able to put out something that people will notice. Uh, and when people notice it, they're more likely to be curious about, all right, cool, this is a great idea. Who are the people behind it? And that would be Anik and I. And as a youth leader, what's one thing that you believe sets, sets great driven, purpose-driven youth leaders apart from those, that, from those who aren't? Because I know you, you did mention having a very strong social purpose and whatever you're doing is, is vital. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing along with that is A, um, knowing that big problems require a really, 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 really simple idea. And what I mean by that is a lot of big problems can be very intimidating to people right off the bat. When you think about it, big problems at the end of the day can be solved by entrepreneurs, and currently they are. Like more than governments, I think entrepreneurs in the last 20, 25 years have contributed way more to changing the paradigm of how society works. They have contributed way more towards eradicating diseases. They've done way more towards being able to eradicate social issues that currently plague society. So if you take a look at it in that lens and you see entrepreneurship in the vehicle for change, that's, I think, really, really crucial to be able to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, what you're saying really hits a very, very, very sensitive nerve because um, from a, I'm almost taking everything you're saying and converting it into um, into my mind when I look at mental health in the Middle East because mm-hmm. I that's all the work that I've done and being in the space and dealing with leaders and the government has failed on a on a big, big, huge scale. And um, the only reason why sort of a 22-year-old uh, like yourself is, is doing something to, 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 to solve people's problems, I mean, when I, when I hear you saying complex problems just require very simple solutions, um, it's almost like, duh, but it isn't duh. And I think that in, with policies and with so many different complexities, that happen throughout institutions because of, you know, the, the amount of steps that need to be taken to make one simple action happen. Uh, I think that's what really frustrates people like um, entrepreneurs when they work for large organizations, right? Um, because they simply can't, they simply can't innovate at the same pace that they want to. Um, and, and, and that brings me to my next point. Um, what's one thing that 
you like being as an entrepreneur and what's, thing, what's one thing you can't imagine yourself not doing every single day that you do? I think you not, you can't imagine not doing every single day would be having a routine. I can't imagine myself doing that. I can't imagine myself getting up at 8 a.m. every single day and then clocking out at 5 p.m. That's something I, I generally don't think is for me and my lifestyle and how I work. Um, in terms of the thing that I love most about being an entrepreneur is I think I can pretty much come up with any problem around me and I can build a team to try to solve that problem. Whether it's my problem, my friend's problem, a problem that is plaguing people I don't even know, um, just having the ability to do that is so empowering when you think about it. Mm. That's uh, <laughs> that that that's. Uh, do, do you have? Are you are you the type of person that friends um, come up to you when they have problems and and, and call? Yeah, I mean sometimes. Like I think it depends. Obviously, like I have right now very close-knit group of friends i used to be a social butterfly in high school where i jumped from one friend group to another but now i think i have like four or five really close friends that i hang out with on a regular basis and i confide in them just in the same way they confide in me and i'm always there for them i try to as much as possible always be there for them and i know that in return they're going to do the same thing for me too which i appreciate yeah and you're touching on a very personal um very personal aspect of your life here and uh I, I'd like to be, I'd like to dive in a little bit deeper here. Um, I know you have a very close relationship with your mom. Uh, mm-hmm. When I was watching um, what you what you had to say on social media week Toronto last year, um, I, I realized you brought your mom more than once. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm that type of guy as well, and I can I I, I can relate personally on on many levels. Uh, but but my question here is, how has she played a role in? Uh, or a key role in in making you the man that you are today yeah on on so many levels i don't think i'd be doing what i'm doing without my mom um obviously a lot of people say that uh and i totally believe in mom's rock um but my mom in particular has gone through a lot you know she's she's lived on her own now for the last 12 years 13 years of her life um she's gotten through and despite having over 20 years now of teaching experience she continues to take a pay cut to teach immigrants and refugees how to speak english when they come to canada for the first time um she's raised two kids on her own when she was raising us she never made us ever feel like our dad was not there she was constantly always the person that was driving us around to basketball games to debate tournaments she would fly out to watch me speak she'd fly back all on out of her own pocket um, so she's the type of person that I think is just the backbone of my support system. Like if my mom generally didn't feel like I was doing something good, it would probably break me. It would change the way that I did what I did because her impact and her influence is probably the biggest in my life. Wow. How, how, how do you feel saying that being, being a man and, and showing that vulnerable side of you? Amazing. It's what I think everything should, everyone should do, whether you're a man or not. I think, I think showing vulnerability is only the first sign to being able to express empathy. Yeah. And I think empathy is the key to be able to understand other people and connect with them on a much deeper level. And that's what ideally you should try to do um, if you're trying to build a community around you of people that genuinely like you and want to be there with you. Yeah, I think that's a perfect segue to to, the, to our next question here because uh, you know the show's theme is empathy always wins, and you know mm-hmm. a, little, a little bit of a backstory why I actually started this podcast is because uh, <laughs> I come from a from a region where it's very alpha. It's very they don't really recognize that 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 
the importance of of just empathy and really connection and and vulnerability, which is why I actually brought that up when I, when, when you said that about your mom. Um, and I realized that if we can approach um, well being from a leadership standpoint, from an empathetic leadership standpoint, we can then tackle uh, people who want to drive drive their businesses sky high. And yeah. what better what better way to do that than than through empathy and through making them mm-hmm. understand that that by caring. Uh, that is the true long game um, formula for winning. So, <laughs> I mean, my next question here for you, Swish, is: as top as, as Canada's top twenty under twenty, who's been recognized as startup Canada's Young Entrepreneur of the Year and winning the UN Outstanding Youth Leadership Award, what is your take on empathy and entrepreneurship today in the global landscape of leaders, whether it be social uh, leaders or or, or not? Yeah, I think the world is going uh, become so connected that we now have the ability to truly look behind the curtain and see um, who people actually are. I think platforms like Twitter, platforms like Facebook, like Instagram um, have all shown that they never really go away. So if you were somebody that in your 20s was a bad person, um, you had backwards views, uh, that information can come out in 10, 15 years when you do become a prominent leader of a country, an organization, or a group. So I think that empathy more than ever has played a big role in how leaders are starting to build up their following, are starting to build up their campaign. I think people now are looking for authentic leaders. And authenticity is not something that you can just show by doing photo ops anymore. It's something you have to do by actually having a grassroots effect. So going to communities and directly not only shake their hands, but listen to their problems and try to act upon them. And that's what I love about leaders on every level, business or political, is there's just a huge, huge pressure now to be authentic. And part of being authentic, in my opinion, is showing a bit of vulnerability. Yeah. Do you think that's that's a bit hard for, 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 for some folks out there? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think I think being vulnerable means you're kind of letting your guard down a bit. And uh, I think normally the philosophy when you were a business leader or even a political leader is to never have your guard down. Um, and to always be showing an image off, um, whether that image is you or not, it's a crafted image that is meant to help you win. Um, but that being said, I think the way that people now are voting, the way that people now are deciding what a leader truly should be is on the basis of authenticity. It's on the basis of not having a crafted image, not having a perfect image. They're looking for people that are vulnerable, they're raw, they have imperfection that they're willing to talk about because they're looking for people that they can relate to. Yeah. I really I have nothing to add to that. I think that was very well said. Um, Thank you. <laughs> you've, been a, you, you've been recognized as a top LinkedIn creator with over 100 million content views and Mm-hmm. And, and, and and you're also a member of the Forbes Technology Council. Um, you obviously get technology. You obviously get how to utilize and leverage technology for results. Are Is there any piece of advice on how we can best use technology and social media to drive about a great, impactful, yet sustainable change, even a social change? Yeah, I think it's starting off by understanding that if you're trying to make a big social change and you're trying to start a movement on social media, every follower counts, right? So early, in the early days of creating my community on LinkedIn, where now I have over, over 75,000 followers, um, when I started off at 100, 200, 300, 500, 
I remember that any person that left a comment on my post, I would try as much as possible to get on a five minute call with them. I thank them for their comment. I'd engage with them. I'd have a good discussion in the comments with them, but then I'd message them and say, would you like to get on a five minute call? Because I recognized early on that these people are spending time out of their day to comment something of value to my post. And for me to not show any sort of appreciation for that, and sure, commenting that can be great, but what's even better, I think, is being willing to spend some time in return and talk to them. And when you talk to them, the way that they view you, the way that they understand you changes entirely, that if somebody gets on a phone call with me, the next time they see a post by Swish, they're going to want to engage with it in a whole different way because they've had some context over who I am and they've talked to me. So that's what I did early on is I recognized that every follower counted. That's how I built up my community. And that's how I built up the ability now to take a social issue and make a bit of change on it. Um, obviously, you know, there's so many great creators out there that have done it a lot better than I have. But that's the way that I did it, especially for LinkedIn, which I thought worked. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that because, um, you know, I probably don't have a, a big of a following yet as you, um, but I put out a WhatsApp, you know, chat group link for, for for the podcast you know and I was so surprised to see people just joining and um, it's funny because the, the, what you're saying is actually revolved around get personal and intimate with people I think that's that's your message yeah. in, in what you're saying yeah 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 no 100% nailed it's, it it's 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 kind of like we're so connected yet so disconnected at the same point which you know ties and correlates with the with the epidemic of mental health and whatnot and you know I I, I I, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Um, with that being said, is there anything you would like to add to this conversation before we hop into our fireball segment? Because I'm really excited to. No, I'm, I'm good. I think I'm ready to go. I'm a bit nervous for the segment, but. but no, 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 don't be, don't be. It's a one minute. It's a one minute segment for, for, for our listeners that um, haven't, or, or for the, the first time to listen to Empathy Always Wins. So the Fireball segment is a segment where by I put my guests on the spot, I put my leaders on the spot, and we just fire one minute question. Uh, for one minute, we fire questions uh, that are very sharp and very snappy. Put you on the spot. It's a very entertaining part of, this, of the show. And then we follow it by a personal reflections question. And then we follow that by a personal legacy question. So with that being said, I'm just going to put a one minute timer literally on my phone right now. And let's do it. So give me one moment. All right. Let's go. Swish, what is your biggest fear? My biggest fear uh, on a personal level, probably not succeeding on the goals that I've set out since I was 10 years old. Um, on a very just, you know, funny level, I guess, is spiders. <laughs> Favorite sport? Basketball. Favorite color? Blue. Favorite sports person? Uh, Kobe Bryant. Proudest achievement? Being able to celebrate my Startup Canada Award with my mom in the audience. Uh, favorite public speaker? Mm, Gary Vaynerchuk. If you could be one thing in the world, what would you be? An entrepreneur. I can just do everything then. <laughs> your biggest role model? Biggest role model, my mom. If you'd be one person for a day, who would you be? Uh, if I could be one person, Elon Musk. Money or fame? Same. Favorite food? Indian. Best song that describes your life? 
Uh, champion, Kanye West. <laughs> yes, favorite movie. <laughs> Dark Knight. All right, time is up. Time is up. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty <know> good. <laughs> that was sick. <laughs> I like that. You're good, man. You are good. Thank you. Thank that's you. Awesome. I Chapeau. It. Chapeau. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. I think about these questions a bit also. So it was nice that it was like, I, I love doing rapid fire. Whenever I actually have my podcast, I do it for my guests. Uh, and I always think like, hey, what would I answer in return? So it was pretty cool to be on the other side. Of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't manage to get to the one I really wanted to get to. It. So what's your favorite quote? Uh, but usually that. Yeah. Um, My favorite quote. That's interesting. I like that. <laughs> what is it? Go for it. <laughs> we'll break the rules. Oh, <laughs> We're entrepreneurs. There's the quote by uh, by Kobe Bryant back in the, uh, in the in the London Olympics. He said, "What I'm doing now, I'm chasing perfection." I like that quote a lot. I mean, you see my like wallpaper growing up in high school. <laughs> yeah. That's that that's super cool. Um, it's funny, you know how right now, um, even though we're both in Toronto, um, Toronto is a very diverse place, and you know you grew up mm-hmm. in ba- you grew up uh, with highly influenced from basket with a lot of influence from basketball. I grew up with a lot of influence from soccer, right? Because we mm-hmm. I grew up, I grew up yeah. in Ireland, so it's really sort of warm to feel that connection even though you completely have very different backgrounds so yeah yeah just want to say thank you so much for that um now moving on to the reflection part of the show the reflection question this is a question um that really puts you sort of on the spot um i'll just go for it if you could go back in time to the 10 year old swish the 12 year old swish what's one thing what's one thing you could tell them um that you now know in hindsight that you do differently? Um, if I went back 10 years and I went to the 12 year old social thing, I'd probably just say, don't sweat the small stuff. Um, everything will work out as long as you put in hard work and you're patient. Mm. Is there something specific that, that you really, uh, is there a specific event that happened that you wish you, you didn't, you didn't sweat out as much as you did? Um, that's a good question. I think it was just always about school. Like I always was so like grades oriented and I always was like, oh my God, if I don't get like over 90s, then yeah. you know, I'll be a failure. I wouldn't make money. I'll let my parents down. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously like I'm a dropout now. That mm-hmm. is very not true. <laughs> but at the same time, like obviously I'm not encouraging people dropping out, but I do think that school isn't everything. And I think people can be successful nowadays through going through unconventional paths that didn't exist before. Yeah. I completely agree. It's funny because uh, we actually do have a mutual friend. She's called. She was actually the first first uh, guest on the show, Georgina. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's funny how you how how you talk about school and uh, it's funny mm-hmm. how both of you both of you are extremely successful and both of you are taking completely different routes and there's no conventional way. It's just a matter of yeah. who you are as a person. It's a very personal question. So um, yeah, love that um, legacy question. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm just gonna go for it. In a hundred years' time. Oh Jesus! I'm gonna be dead. <laughs> All right. In eighty years' time, if you in were eighty like, years. In eighty years. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I like in, that. In eighty years, you know what? You, you never know, dude. With the with the amount of like advancements in technology <laughs> in the medical field, God knows. Sure. God knows sure. how long we're gonna be living. Sure. Right? Very true. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> in in eighty years' time, uh, just 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 for Swish's sake. If you had a self-titled book, what would be the title of that book, and what would be written on the back matter of it? Um, well, the, the, in the front cover, I think would just be called Swish. 
Uh, I, I like my nickname <laughs> a lot, and I think it's unique, and it represents me. Honestly, I think you know, like my love for basketball, my love for entrepreneurship, my love for just going with the flow. It's all represented through Swish. Um, and then in the back cover, we probably say, um, "Here lies a ordinary guy that had a pretty unconventional life." Mm. Who would who would write you forward? It's a good point. I'm, I'm actually, you know, what? I'm finishing up my book right now, which is hey. on and I uh, I got Michelle Romanoff from Fairbanks to write forward. Um, but for the forward in my life book, I think probably my brother. My brother is, is going to be a great writer for that. Wow, wow, that is uh, that's deep. That's very, very, very inspiring. Um, I just want to say a final quick message. Thank you so much, Swift. I know this was a uh, this was a personal favor that you took your time, yeah, you yeah, time yeah. of your day to to come on the show. I. I, with all my heart, I, I just want to say that um, to the listeners out there listening to us, um, it, 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 it takes an ordinary person to choose to be extraordinary. And that's that's how I feel when I'm speaking to you. I, I feel that um, you're someone that, you know, you nailed it right off the bat with persistence as soon as we started. And I think mm-hmm. that you've kept that even you've kept that energy throughout the, throughout the, throughout the show with me. So hand on heart, I just want to say again, thank you so much. And um, our, our, we're just gonna leave. We're just gonna leave our listeners right now to, to tweet if they have any questions. Hashtagging empathy always wins, and, and tagging you and, and tagging us. So, with that being said, uh, is there anything you want to put out there before we call it? No, I really appreciate you having me on, and uh, I've done quite a few podcasts now, but this is very different. I like the questions. I like how deep you went. I I just like the whole flow and it was very positive and I hope that people who are listening enjoy it and uh, feel free to reach out if you have any questions. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Swish, for what a heck of an episode. That is all I'm going to say and leave it there for now. If you enjoyed the show, please, please, please share it with your friends, tweet it, share it on Instagram hashtag empathy always wins and tag empathetic leaders and tag me my name is ali salama in case you did not know who i was and you know what you probably probably don't know who i am because who the hell is this guy talking in the mic anyways what we're also thinking of doing is introducing a weekly change makers guide and essentially what that guide is it's a guide to allow us all to understand that change making isn't some weird obnoxious big word that we can't really live up to. Change making starts by empathy. Change making starts by understanding others' pain points, understanding what needs to be done in order for us to make an active change. And you know what? We're bringing really cool guests to the show, including Canada's head of marketing at Twitter and a couple of really interesting authors. New York Times bestsellers. I'll leave it for there right now, but we want to involve you. So that's something that we thought is very cool for us to announce. Make sure to stay tuned for our weekly change-making guide. And you know what, guys? I really want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. Yes, you. If you haven't subscribed, please feel free to subscribe. And I know I'm being a pain in the butt here, but it means a lot to us. We're just starting out and we appreciate the minute or two that you subscribe and leave a review and rating. In fact, we will also be reading 
our favorite review every week. So make sure if you've gotten anything out of any of our previous guests on the show to leave a review saying what you've learned because we will be looking out for the best reviews. We're done on promo work now. Actually, while I don't really perhaps love doing promo, we kind of need it. So I'll leave it right there. But I'll also leave you with one thing, and that's the motto of the show. Just remember in life and in business, empathy, real empathy, always wins. <laughs>